live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's overtime with William Pattison and Dawson Wise joining you on a Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join us tonight. Uh, Plenty to cover in this first hour, including the Vols hitting the road. We'll have Jordan Moore um, join us here in a second to talk about it. Um, Mahomes' greatest achievement possibly on the line here after a up-and-down season. The fact that this Chiefs team is in the Super Bowl, in my opinion, could be Mahomes' greatest achievement in his decorated career. We'll talk more about it later on. And Obviously, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour as well. A lot to stay tuned here for on Overtime. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's go ahead and bring in Jordan Moore um, to talk about the sixth-ranked Tennessee Vols heading to College Station Saturday to face the Texas A&M Aggies at 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. The Vols head into the game boasting a 17-5 overall record with a 7-2 SEC record. The Vols eclipsed their second consecutive wire-to-wire win on Wednesday in an 88-68 win over LSU. The Aggies, on the other hand, head back home after a 19-point win on the road against Missouri, improving their record to 14-8 overall and 5-4 in SEC play. The sixth-ranked Volunteers are the second AP Top 10 opponent to come in to Reed Arena this season. The Aggies upset the then number 6 Kentucky Wildcats back in January. Texas A&M is 1-3 versus AP Top 25 teams this season with the U.K. victory and narrow losses to number 19 Florida Atlantic, number 4 Houston, and number 16 Auburn. Let's take a quick look at the Kim Palm breakdown. Uh, Tennessee ranks 6 overall. 13th in adjusted offense, 5th in adjusted defense. Um, The Aggies, on the other hand, 43rd overall, 46th in adjusted offense, and 49th in adjusted defense. Um, Jordan, uh, how are you today? Happy to have you on. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Let's uh, so let's get into the keys for the for the Vols to notch a second straight Saturday uh, win on the road. Um, Jordan, we'll give your keys first. Yeah, uh, just looking at the matchup, look, going over uh, the the data and looking at their, their shot chart. I mean, you know, it's been talked about this week going in there to, to College Station. The the big matchup, the big key for the game is you have to keep Texas A&M off of the offensive boards. Uh, they're the number one team in the country uh, with offensive rebounds. Um, so you definitely have to, to, to rebound the ball. Now, as we saw against LSU, that was definitely an issue in the LSU game. So that's I'm sure that's something they've harped on uh, these last couple of days going into this game. Um, Texas A&M gets the overwhelming majority of their points from uh, second-chance points because of how good they are offensive rebounds and also from the free-throw line. So my two keys heading in on the surface is you got to get on the boards, you have to win the board battle, and also don't foul. You can't get in foul trouble, first of all, and you can't give them free points at the free-throw line because they're really good at being able to draw fouls and get themselves to the free throw line. Dawson? My first one is control the atmosphere. You know it's going to be hostile in there. You're coming off a game at Rupp where you had an even more hostile environment than I think this one's going to be, but Reed Arena is very tough to win at. Uh, A&M is very good at home. Uh, Feed off that. Use it to set the tone. We say set the tone for every game, but it's a key for every game. 
uh, especially these these big weekend SEC road games. Just set the tone early. Don't let A&M dictate the flow of this game. Don't let the crowd get to you and affect your performance. Uh, beat them to it. Take them out of the game. Uh, so control the atmosphere is the first one for me. The second one is you're going to need the seniors. Vescovy, uh, as well as James and Ganey, you're going to need those guys. Uh, and it's not even just for their contributions. It's for their veteran presence. In an atmosphere like this, we saw what they were uh, what they allowed the team to do at Rupp. Uh, and, and I think their veteran presence helped. Um, so you're going to need those guys as well. Beyond just their points, rebounds, and assists, you're going to need them uh, to keep you calm, cool, and collected. Final one for me is control the defensive end of the court. Don't get foul happy. Play physical, play aggressive, fly around, make plays, but stay out of foul trouble. Jordan Jordan alluded to it. You, you cannot get in foul trouble, not, not against these guys, not in a game like this. you, you got to make sure you're physical, but not too physical. Um, stay on them, play good defense, and control that end of the floor. Yeah, when I look at this A&M team, I see a team with two really good guards uh, and Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor IV, um, one of the best you know backcourt combos um, in the SEC. So um, like you've, you've done a couple times um, over the past couple of games, you've got to try and make these guys uncomfortable, and that goes back to Zagai Ziegler um, being a pest like he was against LSU, five steals, uh, three steals against Kentucky, being a pest and making those guys uncomfortable even though they're – home um, that's the first thing second thing all two or both of you guys hit on it um, stay out of foul trouble they're very aggressive on the glass they've got a couple guys that come off the bench that are really good and Anderson Garcia we'll do a little bit more talking about him in a minute um, but he's the SEC's top rebounder and he comes off the comes off the bench um, and Washington's a really aggressive slasher they have they do a really good job of finding the ball off the rim and getting those second chance points so you got to rebound well but you also got to stay out of foul trouble off those opportunities uh, uh, to get the to, to get the rebound for them um, and then finally as you said too Dawson you know getting the veterans involved as well you know this is a another night game on the road in a tough environment you need big production from them um, and, and Viscovi and Ganey and Josiah Jordan James you got it from Josiah Jordan James in that Kentucky game it was huge you know it was kind of the the differentiating factor in that game um, so you need that as well in a game like this so those are my three keys to the game um, now let's kind of focus in on um, what the Aggies have. You know, the Aggies have connected on better than 40% from the field in consecutive games for the first time since the ESPN Events Invitational on Thanksgiving week. Um, this this team's uh, field goal percentage in the past three games is 42.7 compared to its season average of 39, uh, 39.5 and SEC average of 36%. Um, A&M leads the SEC in fewest turnovers for the overall season and SEC play. Um, so another thing, you know, we were talking about being a pest for Ziegler. This team does not turn over the ball a lot. So getting turnovers against this team will go a long way. Uh, we mentioned Tyrese Radford um, has had consecutive 20-point games this season. Um, in SEC games only, Wade Taylor the fourth leads the SEC in steals and three-pointers and ranks second with 22.8 points per game. Two really big, impactful players for the Aggies. How important is it for the Vols to alleviate the Aggie strong backcourt tandem? Jordan, we'll begin with you. That's very important to uh, to slow down uh, the guards they have on this team. Um, that's where the majority of their, their production comes from, especially with Wade Taylor. Um, I would look to potentially have Vescovy guard Wade Taylor um, and try to keep Zakai off of him due to due to fouls. And you know, Vescovy probably matches up with Wade Taylor a little bit more because of because of size. Um, and they also, you know, they need to attack 
those guards on the offensive on Tennessee's offensive end too. Um, but it's definitely going to be key to, to to switch up a little bit on those guys, get different guys at them, give them different looks. Um, don't allow them to get easy buckets around the rim. Um, you know, they only shoot uh, above the D1 average on one spot in the floor, and that's yeah. the mid-range. They're mm-hmm. not very good at finishing around the rim or even in the paint. Um, and their their lineup, too, is, is undersized. They have one guy, you know, that plays that's over 6'10", but he comes off the bench. Yeah. Um, and, doesn't, you know, he doesn't, play, uh, he doesn't play a lot, and he's not very productive when he gets in there. So the overwhelming majority of their production is from their backcourt. Um, so it's going to be key for our guys to, to show up. It's going to be key for Vescovy to show up, be aggressive, knock down some shots, play good defense. And it's going to be extremely key for Zakai Ziegler to keep playing the way he's played these last handful of games, or these last two games. Um, and keep that going uh, at a matchup like this on the road in the SEC. Awesome. Uh, it's it's critical. Uh, you heard Jordan allude, uh, allude to it that, that most of their production is from those guards, um, and especially their two starting guards. They've been outstanding in SEC play. Guys that have seen a lot of these big games before, especially Wade Taylor. He's been in a ton of these big SEC games already. Um, so you need to limit that. Be a pest. I mean, we talk about be a pest. We just did a minute ago when we were talking in our keys to the game. You know, play aggressive. Get up on them. Don't don't let them find open lanes. Don't give them any room to breathe. Don't foul, but be aggressive. Get in their face. Make them beat you. Make them uncomfortable. It's how you beat Mark Sears and Alabama's. You made them uncomfortable and made them take tough shots. You weren't giving them gimmies, giving them open looks. You know, force them to beat you outside, but be close enough to them, close out, uh, and make them make tough shots. Uh, the Vols' few losses this year, it feels like have all involved good guard play. Uh, letting up good guard play, and there's a few games you could have lost that involved good guard play. Georgia and Vanderbilt, uh, most notably, are games where their guards just came out and, and shot the lights out because you, you gave them all kinds of open looks. You gave them gimmies all game. You need to limit that. Um, this is a team, unlike Georgia and Vanderbilt, that will beat you if you give them these opportunities. So you got to limit it and, uh, and keep them to as minimal a, a, a production as you can. Yeah, uh, my, my key for this is to eliminate the second opportunity. Yeah, um, because uh, as Jordan talked about, you know they're shooting, um, you know below the D one average in almost every spot around the perimeter, shooting twenty five percent at the top of the key, twenty nine percent in the corners, thirty one percent outside of the the cylinder. Um, look, they struggle shooting straight up, but they get a bunch of their points off of second-chance points. So you've got to eliminate the opportunities for them to get those second-chance, second-chance opportunities. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing in containing these guys because um, they're not hitting it from a really high percentage. You know, they're, 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 it's, it's pretty low, actually. Um, so I think the most important thing to keep these guys in the backcourt out of the game is to make sure you're handling the glass and not giving them that second opportunity. Um, now, let's talk about the Vols here. Um, Vols' last outing, Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler, Jordan Ganey combined for 45 of the Vols' 88. What can we expect from the Vols' supporting cast tomorrow? Jordan, we'll begin with you. You would hope that you continue to get the same type of production that you've gotten the last two games. Um, that's the key to success for this team is, is to spread it out amongst the roster. Um, yeah, it's great that Dalton Connect is that guy that can go get you you know, 25 or 30 and not but you also need the rest of the guys to contribute and and put something on the board. I mean, I, you know, earlier I saw a stat from the Athletic that said when uh, Triple J scores eight or more uh, with five five or more rebounds, Tennessee's eleven and one. When he scores six or less, they're five and four. So you know, the key is you got to get the rest of these guys to continue to shoot the ball confidently, continue to knock down shots, 
continue to attack the rim. Ganey, you know, over the last four to five games has really started to come on as a good six man off the bench to get you some points uh, whenever you need to give the guys a rest. So it's it's definitely key to continue this hot offensive shooting streak that this team has been on, especially, you know, because Dalton the last handful of games has not shot the ball as well uh, as he had been. But what has happened is the rest of his teammates have stepped up and started shooting the ball better. Um, and to me, that's the key going forward with this roster and with this team is to have everybody get involved, everybody kind of shoot the ball well and spread it out amongst everybody on the team. Yeah, you want strong contributions. I don't think you need takeover nights. I don't think you're going to need 52 out of Ziegler and, and James tonight. Uh, I just or tonight, tomorrow, I should say. You, you're not going to need that in this game. I don't think it'll be a tough game, but it won't be Kentucky. Uh, you're not going to give up 92 points in this game, I don't think. Uh, but double digits out of two or three of those guys between Ganey, Vescovy, Adu, James Ziegler, I think probably gets you in the window to win this game. Uh, you need them to help DK keep the offense flowing. This offense is scary good when everyone is flowing. When, when DK and Zakai are able to work as playmakers, as maestros, if you will, for this offense, it looks borderline unbeatable and unstoppable, and it flows so much better. Um, so you just need strong contributions, confidence out of these guys, confidence for, for DK and Zakai to dish the ball and, and know they can make that shot, not have to go make the play themselves. Uh, take what the defense gives you. Use the open lanes. You know, Don't pass up open looks. Uh, that was a problem for mainly Josiah Jordan, James Santiago Vescovi for much of the beginning part of the years. They got open mm-hmm. looks and missed. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not the opportunity wasn't there. It's just they weren't hitting them. Yeah. Um, so just keep doing what you're doing. Get strong contributions. Keep keep the composure. Uh, you know, run the mental game in, in this game as well. You, you know, uh, you be be to where you, the crowd's not going to affect you. Uh, and, and that doesn't apply as much to Josiah and, and, and Santi. They've been in plenty of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those guys that maybe haven't been in as many of these atmospheres, you know, for Ganey especially, control the mental aspect, be confident, be calm, be cool, collected, and go get a strong contribution. Yeah, I'm looking for consistency and aggressiveness. Yeah. And I think those are the two things that really all season – um, when the Vols have played well, like they did against Kentucky, you had both of those. Mm-hmm. You had aggression from Josiah Jordan James, like he was earlier in the season. You had consistency when guys were getting open opportunities; they were firing away. Um, you saw Jordan Ganey do that against LSU and in the Kentucky game. Um, you want to see that again on the road. You want to see the confidence that okay, I've got an open shot. I'm a college basketball player. I can take the open shots with confidence. Yeah. Um, you want to see the aggressiveness. Um, finding your shot sometimes. You know, if it's not there originally, taking a couple dribbles and making the defense pick their poison. Um, and I think that's something that Josiah Jordan James did a really good job at the beginning of the year, especially when he was right around the nail at the free throw line, giving the kind of the option play. Do I take the, the, the mid-range shot from the free throw line or do I drive in? And I think you saw a lot of that as well uh, against Kentucky. So I just want to see consistency. I just want to see aggressiveness. Again, it doesn't have to be a 26-point performance like Josiah had. Just 10 points. Get in double digits. Contribute. Um, so contribute, be consistent, and be aggressive. I think that's all you can ask out of a supporting cast in this situation. Um, SEC Sixth Man of the Year candidate Anderson Garcia is the SEC's top rebounder at 8.9 rebounds per game, ranks number two nationally in offensive rebounds a game with 4.3 for the Aggies. Are we worried at all for an aggressive athletic front court to face the Vols' thin front court depth? Uh, Jordan, we'll begin with you. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of worry, uh, especially after coming off the LSU game and you know how we kind of got you know pounded on the boards 
Um, but I, I do have confidence in that, you know, Barnes has harped on this for two or three days now, and I'm sure, you know, he's told these guys how great the Aggies are on, on the boards. And really, since, you know, about mid-December, Tennessee had actually been pretty good uh, rebounding the basketball. You know, they they'd, they'd, they weren't very good to begin the season, then they kind of found themselves, and they've been getting really a lot better the last month and a half. Um, so really that, that LSU game was kind of, you know, a blip on the radar. It wasn't something that, that had been going on for a while. So I expect Tennessee to get back to, to being able to, especially with their size too, as, as we talked about earlier, A&M is kind of on the smaller side where you got Adu who's right at seven foot. Um, you know, you got Connect who's 6'8", Josiah who's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so they're going to be able to match and even sometimes be bigger than what the Aggies are uh, on the floor. So that should help out with their, their rebounding ability. I'm not – it's the key to the game, but I, I'm really not as worried about it because I, I think this is something that they, that they understand need, that needed to get corrected, and they probably have gotten corrected this week in practice. Yeah, I mean, you have to be worried about it considering the history of this team this year. Um, just the struggle to be able to, to guard these athletic guys down low. Um, this is where – you're, you go back, you circle back to staying out of foul trouble. You know, Jonas Adu cannot be sitting for extended periods of this game because he's got three fouls in the first ten minutes. Uh, he has to stay in, be aggressive still, but not to the point where they're blowing the whistle and giving you a foul, and then you have to sit out. And Again, no straight to Owaka or Estrella at all, um, but you're too thin at center to be trusting those guys to go in there uh, and, and play defense against a front court like the Aggies have and a player like they have. Uh, you you got to just be aggressive, you know, be physical. Uh, you do have a size advantage that's going to help. Um, so you know, box them out. You don't have to foul them to, to play physical in this game because of the size advantage. So it just do what you do, and it's another opportunity for for Adu to get it going and defend a big and give us the confidence that he can do that later on down the road. Yeah, you know, it, it worries me a little bit just considering how aggressive they are. I know they have a a disadvantage height wise, but um, they're scrappy. They they hunt for the ball and um, they don't really stop until they get it. Right. And they got a couple guys that are just really athletic. Washington's one of them. I, I was mm-hmm. watching this uh, A&M team last week, and I've watched them a couple times. But just every time there's a a shot that goes up, these guys are running and crashing the glass, um, which gives you the opportunity to run it up in the break a little bit, transition. Um, But look, these guys are really good at it, so you're going to have to make sure you find your man, box him out, and, and, and just get the rebound. You know, it, it, it seems simple um, and, and very, you know, I guess something you learn when you're in second grade, but it, it really applies right here uh, of just boxing out, making sure you know where your man is. We talk about Tennessee struggling um, to find their man sometimes from, from the three-point line. Uh, know where your man is in this situation, rebounding the ball. Um, so I, I think that will go a long way. And uh, if you win the – if you win the battle on the glass, I, I think Tennessee wins this game and, and probably pretty convincingly because that's, I think, the only way A&M can really stay in this one by getting those second-chance opportunities against a fifth-ranked rank, fifth ranked adjusted defense in Tennessee. Um, real quick, last question before we head to a break. Um, is this a, a letdown spot for the Vols after a really big win on the road last Saturday? I know uh, Wednesday's performance against LSU was great, but coming off a really big road win is this a little bit of a letdown spot for the Vols? Jordan, we'll begin with you. Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's, to me, always going on the road in the SEC, it's tough. Uh, it's worrisome. But I don't think this is a letdown spot. I think the South Carolina game um, that they lost you know, last week, I think that was sort of a wake-up call 
uh, for this team that they can't kind of just go through the motions or just show up and win the games. I also think it was a wake-up call for them to understand, you know, we can't just stand around and let Dalton do it all. We have, we all have to chip in. We all have to show up. And you've seen that, you've seen that from this team in the last two games. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a letdown game. I think that, that Tennessee goes in there. I think that they're able, I, th- I think they cover, I think they win. Um, I think they're, I think if they can be as, as equal to or even better than Texas A&M on the boards, and if they're also able to get out and push the pace uh, some and get some fast break points, I, I mean, I could see this game being easily a double-digit win by Tennessee when it, when it was all said and done. Um, so no, I, I'm not as worried about it. It is worried because it's an SEC road game, but I'm, I'm not too worried about going in there and dropping the game because I think this team understands, understands now after that South Carolina game what they need to do to win. Yeah, yeah, I I totally understand, and I agree there as well. Um, do we just do we lose him? Okay, I think we we might have lost Jordan real quick. Um, uh, Jordan, call back in if you want. We'll wrap it up. But um, uh, I I I'm a, I agree with Jordan here as well. I think um, you know it's it, it may seem like a letdown spot, especially coming after a really big win. Um, but I, I think that you have all the intangibles to be able to win this one, even on the road. Last week they had Florida come into town. They were able to uh, sniff out a win. Um, but it was a really close one, and, and Florida, for the most part, controlled the, the tempo and how that game went. And I think when you look back at that Kentucky game a couple weeks ago, um, A&M just had an answer. Um, every time Kentucky um, swung a punch, and uh, they, they really attacked the glass, got a lot of second-chance points, and it really helped them out. Um, so I think if you're able to eliminate that in this game, Tennessee's got the better team, the better defense, the better offense, more consistent if you – prevent those second chance opportunities i don't think this is a letdown spot what about you i don't think so either uh, it doesn't feel like one uh, you know and well typically when it doesn't feel like one it ends up being one but i just i don't see a major disadvantage for tennessee in this game uh, you have a size advantage they give a scoring advantage if you hold down the guard play and control the glass i don't i don't think this is a letdown spot at all it'll be another uh, pretty impressive win on the road yeah i agree as well all right when we come back we'll talk about is this Patrick Mahomes' greatest achievement to date if he wins on Sunday. Stay right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. Our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. 
paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O.tv, and start your seven-day free trial now. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Back here on Overtime, thank you so much to Jordan Moore for joining us. Uh, always a great segment there. Um, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and, and join our conversation on this Friday night. Let's move over to the Super Bowl now. It's a big weekend, a super weekend, if you will. And um, I, I think this has the opportunity to be Patrick Mahomes' greatest achievement of his career if he's able to get it done on Sunday. Uh, on December 25th, the Chiefs fell to 9-6 and six after a home loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs often struggled to move the ball and lost on their home field to a team with an interim head coach. At that time, the Chiefs had lost five of their last eight, and the odds that Kansas City would be able to make a run to the playoffs seemed impossible. The Chiefs led the league and dropped passes with 6.3% compared to the league's average of 3.2%. They only won games in which they scored more than 21 points, and Mahomes' numbers reflected their struggles in the season. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs have an opportunity on Sunday to cement their legacy and run the table and turn their run from a dominant run to a dynasty right in front of our eyes. Um, considering where the Chiefs were just two months ago, uh, would a Super Bowl win be Patrick Mahomes' greatest achievement of his decorated career? I think it would be. Um, this team, as of Christmas, like you said, just did not look like a Super Bowl contender, let alone a Super Bowl winner. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I'd argue they're the favorite in this game. It's one of the quickest and most severe turnarounds I have ever seen um, because I, I figured the Chiefs, when they went in the playoffs, even winning the division, I figured they might lose their opening game depending on who they played. Now, you know, you're 60 minutes away from winning another ring. It's not like the previous Super Bowl runs where you kind of went in, you yeah. knew what they were, favored all year, looked dominant all year. This this has been a late-season, last-minute turnaround, and Mahomes is a big part of that. Uh, the magic that he gives them is, is shown in the playoffs. I mean, he won them 
the Buffalo game, uh, I would argue. Their defense had a part, but I would argue that Mahomes had a, a, a big part of that as well. Mm-hmm. He won the Baltimore game as well, just chunking yards down the field, making big plays, the heroics that we're so used to out of him. Uh, he wills this team to victory. Uh, he, he seems to have that elevating level to an offense that may not be up to par that, that Tom Brady did, in my opinion. I think Brady did that several times in his career yeah. as well. Took a unit that maybe shouldn't be in the Super Bowl, but because sure. he is so unbelievably talented, he elevates those guys. Uh, and again, no, no straight to Travis Kelsey. Travis yeah. Kelsey is outstanding, yeah. uh, like Brady had Gronk on those Patriots teams. Mm-hmm. Um, he... He's now erased their doubt of winning anywhere away from Arrowhead in the playoffs. Uh, that was something that was left on the table when it's when we learned that they were going to be going on the road. We we had we all had doubts. Can he get it done on the road? He did it not once but twice against two of the NFL's best teams now, uh, and suddenly has them looking like a very big favorite in this game yeah. on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with all that, I, I would argue, yeah, it, it probably will be his greatest achievement. Look, we all know how special Patrick Mahomes is. I don't need to tell you. Uh, Dawson doesn't need to tell you. Um, he can make plays that no one else can. He can extend plays with his arm. He can extend plays with his legs. Um, he's incredible. We all know that. Um, but I want to take it back to the beginning of the season where um, you had to re-sign Chris Jones. That's expensive. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract is expensive. Travis Kelsey is expensive. Um, you have to beef up your offensive line. You bring in Jawan Taylor, who is an expensive acquisition. Um, so when you have all these expensive players on your roster, you have to get cheap somewhere, and they got cheap at receiver. And the very first game of the season against the Detroit Lions, you saw a, a byproduct of what would be a majority of their season, drop passes in crucial moments. Uh, Mahomes had an interception that was – Literally because uh, Kadarius Tony, it went through his hands and got tipped up Ugh. in the air. Um, you had uh, Justin Watson drop a uh, what would would have been a fourth and like 15 conversion late in that game, just went right through his hands. Um, they end up losing that game. And as the season went on, you saw more of the same. Uh, they struggled to move the ball at times. They didn't have a reliable receiver to go to. And their defense was a little bit, I mean, what they relied on. And they were able to win games, but only if they scored 21 points or right. more. Um, so in that December 25th, that Christmas Day game, I remember watching it and coming away with, wow, this we're not going to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. Like this is, I mean, I, I don't see how this is fixable. The Los Angeles, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders come into your house in a divisional game and with an interim head coach and who was was it Aiden O'Connell starting at quarterback? Yes, it was Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, and they were still able to come in there and win the game. And I came away from that saying, I just don't see how they can win it this year. I think they lack too much offensively. Yeah. And right before the season ended, you saw a little bit of a connection with Rasheed Rice beginning to to turn, and then the narrative was, all right, you know, you could beat the Dolphins who don't have much success in the, in the playoffs, but when you've got to go on the road. Oh, the Chiefs are done. Patrick Mahomes never been on the road before. He's not going to be able to get it done. Well, they beat the they beat the Dolphins, who were the number one offense in the league this past year, um, holding the seven points, but they've also put up twenty six on their own. And then you go into Buffalo. You had Deion Dawkins saying that he's got to come in and play here. You had Bills fans saying that this was uh, Patrick Mahomes will never be the goat because he's never had to win on the road and he won't. And it's an indictment against his career. I, I promise you, I saw it as crazy as it seems. Um, and he gets it done on the road. 
Um, he wills that team to a win. Now, the defense was great as well. Um, and then you go on the road and play the Baltimore Ravens, who have been the most consistent team all season. Nine plus wins, or nine wins of, of scoring 14 or more uh, points uh, differential-wise and a win against a, a team with a winning record, uh, a juggernaut of a team on both sides of the ball. And they go in there and get it done as well. Um, this kind of reminds me a little bit like the 2018 Cavs run with LeBron James. Now, some of the some of the secondary pieces here are a little bit nicer than LeBron had. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, Tristan Thompson and, and Kyle Korver are not the same if, as having a, a Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. But the odds were stacked up against that Cavs team, and LeBron willed them all the way to the finals. Patrick Mahomes has willed them, in a sense, to this spot as well. He's been great in the playoffs. Um, Patrick Mahomes had zero turnover turnover-worthy plays in the playoffs, but he also avoids minor mistakes as well. He already led the regular season with the lowest rate of negatively graded dropbacks with 10.3%. During the playoffs, he's brought it down even lower to 6.3% so far. And, and looking at his career, how decorated it is, you know, early on he had Tyree Kill um, and, and Sammy Watkins. We talked about that 49ers game uh, yesterday. Last year, they had reliable targets as well. Juju Smith-Schuster might not be the, the big name he was early in his career, but he was reliable. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't have that now. Um, Rasheed Rice has been better, and he's kind of become that makeshift wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, throughout the season, they've been one-dimensional. So I, I think this would, be his biggest, uh, this would be his biggest achievement of his career taking this team that had no offense at the beginning of the year and really had to piece together a new wide receiver one, a rookie, that is, a wide receiver one, and still gets his team to the championship, um, beats the Bills, beats the Ravens, beats the number one offense in, in the league, I think this is his greatest achievement. And how is Mahomes more so talking now about his performance in the playoffs, how he's elevated himself, how is Mahomes able to get even better come playoff time? It's a couple things. I think the first one is he's got that ice in his veins trait that we talk about in basketball a lot. Mahomes has that. Every time they need a play, every time they are backed against the wall, the drive is stalling, he finds a way to make the play. Every, it's like every single time it's on cue. It's like, oh, third and 15, oh, here goes Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about these moments that he loves. Uh, and he's been in a ton of them already. I think that helps over the course of his first six years in the league. But it, we we just we've never seen a quarterback get to this kind of level in a big moment where you yeah. can virtually guarantee he's going to get the job done. It's been very few quarterbacks all time, I think, that have been able to be, to do that. Uh, he's able to pair the talent with the heroics just to to reach a new level when they get to the postseason. When the stakes are high, uh, Mahomes meets that with his performance. Yeah. Every single time, and he has yet to let his team down. Uh, there's been hardly any poor performances in his playoff mm-hmm. career. I think this season in the past two games have been two of his best playoff performances of his yeah. career. Uh, the second thing for me, I think he's a, a master motivator. I think he's a, a big-time leader on the team, and you have to be when you're the franchise quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you could certainly back it up with your performance, but uh, you still have to motivate your teammates. You have to get mm-hmm. them into the game. I think he's that's a big reason why they went on the road and won those games. He said, guys, look, I mean, we've done it at home. What's the difference? Yeah. It's still a football game. We know what we're doing. Get out there and win the game. Uh, he is the catalyst for that. He, he's able to motivate his teammates, and I think that's what got the offense going as well. He, he took the offense in and, and said, you know what? It hasn't been good all season, but we're going to get it good right now, and we're going to go on a run, and, well, they have. Yeah. 
you know, I think he just does such a great job of handling the pressure and handling the moment. Uh, he just seems unfazed. And, you know, I, I think one thing he's progressively gotten better at over his career um, is, is dissecting what the defense is doing. I think early on in his career, especially that first Super Bowl he was in, a little bit overwhelmed um, and and didn't really hit his stride till late in that game. Um, and now it just seems like everything comes easy to him. He can see where the pressure's coming. He knows when the pocket's collapsing. He can make these plays like he did a couple times in that Ravens game where you just turn your head and you're like, how did, how did he do that? Um, and it's just uh, he's he lives for the moment. And a lot of players say they do, um, but when the lights are the brightest, they don't. Uh, Cam Newton, for example, had that really good 2015 season. And, you know, he's recently come out and talked about that Super Bowl game, how he said he, he just wasn't ready. Like, just the lights were too bright. He wasn't ready for that moment. And I think it's, it's true around the league. I know these guys are stars and they look like they're invincible, um, but the pressure gets to some of these guys, and I just it doesn't get to, to Mahomes. And I think he just keys in even more and, and just elevates his game by just reading the defense even better, making plays that are a little bit smarter and a little bit, you know, they're still off script, but not going so off script to where it could be, um, you know, put your team in a, in a poor situation. Um, like regular season, you can, you can have a little bit of a, a margin of error. A margin of error in the playoffs is very, very small. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, just last week, you know, the Ravens have an opportunity to tie that game up or make it a one-possession game. Zay Flowers fumbles in the end zone. That really seals the deal there. That was their chance. Um, they don't make those kind of mistakes, and neither does Mahomes. And I, I just think that's why this Chiefs team continues to win. Well, to me, it's it's more, I think of it this way, when he extends the play, he knows when to make. He knows how to make the right play. Yes. Not force yes. the big play, yes. but yes. make the right play. Yes. And that's what that's what sets him apart. Yeah. I think if uh, Josh Allen did that, he'd be uh, closer to the conversation to Mahomes, in my opinion. Um, because my thing on on Allen is, okay, yeah, you're really talented, really, really talented. Can make plays no one else can, like Mahomes. But the difference between the two, um, especially come playoff time. One guy just makes too, makes, tries to make too big of a play. And I think, as you said, Mahomes doesn't try to make the big play. He makes the right play, the smart play. Um, looking at the Chiefs' run to the Super Bowl, what has been the biggest factor to get them to this point? Do you think it's the defense or Mahomes? It's a few things. I think the number one is the defense. Um, you, you can credit Mahomes for the playoff run, but the defense was the most consistent thing for them all year. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they held it together even when the offense wasn't going. Even when the offense wasn't going in a couple of those playoff games, they held it together. Uh, in the Ravens game, the Chiefs score no points in the second half. The offense scores zero points. The defense gives up three. So yeah. in a two-score game, the defense holds you together. I think that's the first one. Steve Spagnuolo, you can't say enough about the yeah. season he's coached for them, the playoff run, which I think has been flawlessly called for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think he has another chance to do it in the Super Bowl as well, just call a flawless game. He's shown an ability to do it. Now Mahomes' takeover ability, I think, becomes a, a factor of that, especially in the postseason. Mm -hmm. uh, you need a takeover guy to win a championship. Look at all these teams that have won championships. Tom Brady, takeover guy. Yeah. 
Mahomes takeover guy, you know, things like that. You need a guy that can that can zone in and take over the game and take over the moment, and that's Mahomes. So I think he contributed to it as well. And I think the growth of their offense over the playoffs has helped too. Yeah. Rasheed Rice is growing into a star. Mm-hmm. I mean, before our eyes, and it's it's been what a month and a half, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, uh, that he has been gone from. Well, he's a rookie. He looked okay during the year yeah. to. This guy is the bona fide number one receiver in Kansas City mm-hmm. for at least a little bit, uh, and he's definitely going to be a number one, number two option on Sunday. So I think that helps as well. The, the growth over the postseason, the quick growth, and I think that's also credit to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, you know I, I think during the regular season, it's it's got to be the defense. The defense is what kept that team afloat, even though they were struggling offensively. Um, you know I remember the, the the Jaguars game in Week Three. Um, I remember watching that one specifically, you know, obviously because the Jaguars were playing. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Chiefs turned it over a couple times offensively, gave the Jaguars position um, in opponent's territory, but the defense was able to get stops and keep them from scoring. And I think that's just one example of, you know, uh, a situation in a game where the Chiefs were turning it over, they weren't moving the ball. They needed someone to step up, and that's what the Chiefs' defense did. They won the one-to-one man-to-man battles. They were able to get enough pressure. They were able to hold it down. And I think for a majority of the season, the reason why that record was still in the positive number um, was because of their defense. Now, in the playoffs, when it matters most, I think it's been a combo of the two, but I think Mahomes' greatness has willed them to this moment because um, the defense got, got their stops. They did their job. But I think when you look at both the Buffalo game and the Ravens game, that offense in the Ravens game came out, set the tone early. That first half was almost perfect. I mean, that first drive, defense gets them off the field three and out. Chiefs get three plays in a row of 10-plus yards, moving it down their throat. Fourth down situation on that drive. Who's you know who, Who's got the ball in his hands with a fourth down situation? It's Patrick Mahomes Holmes. to Kelsey. Um, so... Um, I think over the course of this this run in the playoffs, it's more so Mahomes because of his greatness and that Bills game. He was able to counter um, the responses and and the and the scores from the Bills, able to keep that game neck and neck. Um, defense able to um, outlast the Bills that game. But I think um, Mahomes has willed this team. I think this would be uh, by far his greatest achievement if he's able to get it done. And I love it because. I respect greatness. I love watching greatness. I don't have to love the Warriors, but I like Steph Curry. Um, you know, I love LeBron, and I usually support the teams he plays for too. But I, I because res- I, I, I respect his greatness, um, and I, I think you have to respect Mahomes and how good he is and how special he is. Even though, even if you're not a Chiefs fan, even if you're tired of them winning, he's great. Nick Saban, guy just retired. You know, you don't have to love him. <laughs> We certainly don't love him here in Knoxville. Yeah, you certainly don't love him, but you respect what he does. Absolutely, And you respect greatness, and I think that's the same for Mahomes and Brady and all, all the great players in, in sports. If you know there's a little bit of hatred for them, that means they've got to be special and they've got to be great. Right. And that's what Mahomes is. All right, when we come back, we'll do our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime. When it's past high noon, it's time for a vodka soda made with a vodka you've actually heard of. I'm talking White Claw vodka soda made with White Claw premium vodka. J.B. Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. And you can too. Pick you up a bottle of the triple wave filtered vodka that's been distilled five times. White Claw premium vodka comes in four flavors. Black cherry, mango, pineapple, and 
just vodka. You haven't had vodka like this. No one has. White Claw Premium Vodka. Please drink responsibly. eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it all at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You can live out your master chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. Back here on Overtime, time for our best bets of the night. And we begin in the Mountain West with Nevada minus two and a half taking on San Diego State. Um, two defensive-oriented teams, um, but Nevada plays with a lot of length around the perimeter. Um, I like them at home. They're coming off a really big big win against Utah State. They also need a win tonight to continue to um, boost their resume for a tournament bid. Um, I, I, I just like this team at home. Expect a lot of defense. Might not be the best game to watch, um, but I, I'm leaning Nevada minus 2.5 tonight. I'm going to go Dayton minus 1.5 on the road at VCU. The Flyers are legit. I think they've shown it multiple times. A really great team. This is a pesky VCU team, especially on the road. Had a great atmosphere last weekend at home against Richmond, of all teams, yeah. which uh, will, will be intense for, for Dayton to deal with. But at a one-and-a-half point spread, I like that for them to at least squeak out a win in this one um, and continue a, a great season behind De- Deron Holmes and the rest of their stars on that team. 
Yeah, so the, I, I've only Nevada's my only play. Okay, I'm interested in Dayton though. I, I don't know. They they tip off here in about ten minutes. I, I want because I think Dayton's a very good team. I think they're the best mid major team and also one of the best teams in college basketball. Yeah. Um, the one and a half does scare me. I think it's at two now, um, but I, I don't know. I, these these road environments sometimes scare me. And, um, I mean, it's at least moved to minus two where it opened up at one and a half. So you're getting a little bit of movement towards Dayton. Um, but I, I don't know. I may make it a play after uh, as you keep on going. So what's your next one? Next one is Nuggets plus two and a half at Sacramento tonight. Denver coming off a win on Kobe night in L.A. Uh, tough loss for the Lakers last night at home. Yeah. Uh, but Denver is back to form. This is a Kings team that is weird. They're streaky, um, very inconsistent. Uh, they're on two straight losses. They lost a game to the Pistons the other day that they just did not look very good in that game. Uh, they now get the defending champs at home. Denver is playing back up to their championship form. They're getting there, uh, I think. A couple big wins over the last couple weeks for them. Um, so I like them at plus two and a half. Road dogs, the defending champs. I always like those kind of numbers for teams like that. All right, you got any more? Uh, and the last one for me, I'm going to take the team they beat last night. I'm going to take the Lakers. Okay. Plus two and a half, they're at home. This is the last game of their Kobe Bryant weekend uh, this weekend after they unveiled the statues last night. Uh, they're two and a half point dogs at home against a New Orleans, te- a New Orleans team that has won four in a row uh, and is now nine games above 500. The Lakers need to bounce back. They, yeah. they cannot lose both the games this weekend. Uh, it's just, it, they can't. Uh, on their home floor, they need to bounce back. They need to get something going in the right direction. And plus two and a half at home against New Orleans, who is good right now. Uh, again, another team that's really inconsistent. It's been hovering mm-hmm. right around 500 all year. Um, so I, I like the Lakers to salvage something out of this weekend to, at home. All right, our best bets, Nevada minus 2.5 for me, Dawson yours. Uh, Dayton minus 1.5, Nuggets plus 2.5, Lakers plus 2.5. All right, those are our best bets of the night. Um, Real quick, uh, I know we talked about Ronnie Garner um, earlier this week, how he was possibly um, being poached by Auburn. Um, However, uh, Auburn announced today that Vontrell King-Williams will be promoted from uh, DL analyst to defensive tackle coach. Um, no more Garner um, in the mix there. Big win for the Vols. Oh, 100%. Uh, Garner, we talked about it earlier in the week, I think is the best coach on the defensive staff right now, right this second. His unit is playing at a, a great level. Uh, it would not have been wise, in my opinion, for him to leave um, for a, a lateral move to a job that is um, behind the behind the sticks, if you will, in the rebuilding process. Uh, Auburn's going to be very good, I think, under Hugh Freeze. Maybe that's not this year. Tennessee's good now. Uh, he's got a great class coming in. He's got a great class already in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be it's going to be a really big statement year for that unit um, and for him as a coach. Um, and he's a great ambassador for the program and, and at least in all indications loves it in Knoxville. So glad to keep him uh, keep him at home. And even though Fred Taylor did not make the 2024 Pro Football Hall of Fame class last night, um, another snub, uh, good news for the running back group for the Jaguars, um, and kind of bad news for us, uh, Tennessee Volunteers assistant Jerry Mack is supposed to be a top target um, for the um, Jaguars running back coach vacancy. Now, um, Mack has had a lot of success with some really good backs. We had just saw Jalen Wright this year, just had Jabari Small on our airwaves yesterday with the drive. Um, and then you've got a couple of guys sitting in that running back room right now ready to make an impact next season. Um, how big of a loss would Mack be? 
it's big, uh, but when you're when you're in a spot like Tennessee is, when the offense is the focus and it performs so well, and when you have backs like Small and Jalen Wright play like they did last year, um, and when you see Dylan Sampson develop into what he has developed into, um, you're going to lose these guys. You're not going to be able to keep them around. We saw Alex Golish get poached last offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew this was going to happen. Uh, again, when, when you're in an offensive system like this, these coaches are going to get poached. It, it's a reward for them for, for doing well. This is a move to the next level for Jerry Mack. Um, good to see him get get a good job like this. It hurts for us. You know, we're going to be, you know, disappointed about him leaving, uh, but also, you know, really really happy for him to, to get an opportunity at the, the big stage with a what's going to be a good running back room there in Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, good opportunity for him. I think is is my takeaway. Obviously, you want to see um, anyone from Tennessee do better and, and and advance in in the career of coaching, and that's exactly what an upgrade to the NFL entails. Um, some more Tennessee football news: uh, Josh Hype files declaration supporting Tennessee's um, legal battle against the NCAA's NIL rules. Um, One of the quotes was, um, because of the risk of injuries in college sports, an early NIL deal could be the best or only NIL deal they might ever secure, Heupel wrote. Quote, the current NIL environment is complicated for everyone involved. Current student-athletes, prospective student-athletes, Coaches, schools, collectives, and fans, NCAA rules are vague and confusing. They frequently change, and they sometimes conflict with NCAA's prior guidance. Um, and now, it was a seven-page um, clapback, if you will. <laughs> um, but I guess out of that little blip right there, reactions to hype away in it. Great to see him join this. Uh, very, very good to see him be outspoken. I think it contributes to the confidence we should have as a fan base uh, because now that they're all on the same page, coach, athletic director, chancellor, legal counsel are all on the same page. Um, that They're very confident in this case, very confident in their legal grounds uh, and their reasoning behind it. I thought it was a great statement. I thought he said a lot of great things. Uh, and, and I think his take is correct. Um, I, I saw some, some, some basic blips. I didn't to read the whole thing, but that yeah. he was basically saying that, that athletes have become employees of the school through NIL. I think mm-hmm. it's fair. Yeah. Um, it, I just based on the atmosphere we're in now. So I like the statement a lot and I, I feel very confident that he's joining the, uh, joining the legal battle. Yeah, it feels like, uh, as we alluded to last week, it's the Tennessee Avenger, uh, Tennessee Avengers. You know, everyone's getting right. involved here. Uh, Danny White, Donnie Plowman, the state of Tennessee, uh, the state of Virginia coming in with a little bow and arrow, and now you've got Josh uh, Heupel. Josh Heupel. Uh, what 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 superhero would he be? Would he be the Hulk? Coming Possibly in, coming in Smash or Possibly. Uh, or Tony Stark, kind of a little uh, methodical the way he ha- runs his offense. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think that's, that's a good fair. comparison. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Brock Purdy's big opportunity in the Super Bowl. Stay right here in the next hour on Overtime. Ever been the